Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Stay Out of My Crease. This is Season 3, Episode 4. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. If you're new to our show and you'd like to call in and talk hockey with us, the telephone number to call in is 516-418-5573. I'm your host, Kim. I'm sorry we took last week off, but I've been in concussion protocol. So, um, yeah, that's a long story that you guys probably don't need to know. But, yeah, I've been week to week with an upper body injury. And last week I just wasn't feeling like getting out of bed at all. Um, If you want to email us questions, complaints, compliments, um, critiques, or anything else, you can email us at stayoutofmycrease at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter, which is stayoutofcrease. And on Facebook, we are Stay Out of My Crease. You can just search that up in the search bar and you'll find us. We are also available for download on iTunes as well as through our Blog Talk Radio website. Um, You can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash K as in Kim, J as in Jimmy, C as in Chris, radio, radio, and then um, you'll see all the shows that KGC Radio has on it. Um, and brand new, we are also available now for download on Google Play. We finally got that approved, so that's very exciting. Um, we have our website that if you miss any episode, the most recent podcast is on the or on the home page, and that is just simply stayoutofmycrease.com. Um, if you're out of the United States, if you're in Canada, Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, Russia, Mexico, um, anywhere outside of the continental United States, and you'd like to call in and talk hockey with us, you can use that same number, the 516-418-5573 number, and you can do that by using Skype, which is a free app on any smartphone. Um, So that's about it uh, on the business end, and I'm going to bring Jimmy on. And, um, oh, oh, yes, we do have a special guest tonight, Mark Kelly from ckmagicsports.com will be joining us, and he is formerly with ESPN, and his website is ckmagicsports.com. He has an excellent page called Knockout Cancer. It goes through his own personal battle with cancer, as well as the um, post-treatment supplements and everything that he has to take in his personal journey. You can also choose to donate to his page, which is a great cause. And I'm sure Mark will be telling you more about that as well. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Jimmy on now. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Kimmy. How are you recovering on your on concussion <laughs> protocol there? We're, we're pretty good. <laughs> we're, uh, we're done all right. I mean, I still don't feel 100%, but I do have to go back work tomorrow so I figured having the show tonight would be a great step in the right direction for getting prepared to working in front of a computer again right that's going to be a hard part 
the concentration yeah, that part. And, and staying awake. Like, I still want to sleep a lot. But, yeah, so I, I did myself pretty good. I, I guarantee you any hockey player that says they're coming back a day or two after a concussion, I call shenanigans on. Because <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, this is my first one, but it's been a doozy. And um, I just, I don't know how they go out. I tried watching the Pens game last Tuesday, ended up listening to it more than watching it. And I think I slept through the whole second period. So, and that's completely unlike me. Well, and you know, and it used to be where they didn't even, you know, they didn't pay any attention whatsoever at concussions. And, you know, and there was no concussion protocol. And they, they would, you know, they wouldn't even leave the ice. They'd be concussed. They'd be out there blurry eyed. And, you know, and then sometimes they'd play the next day. And it, you just wonder, you know, well, you don't wonder. You, you know how bad it, you know, it ended up affecting them later in their lives. So, um, you know, no more running hard into the boards like you did, you know, the uh, last week. So, <laughs> I wish that was my excuse. <laughs> I just might as well just everybody is probably wondering how in the world did Kim suffer a concussion? She doesn't play um, hockey or any other sports. Um, yeah, I had a run in with my 75 pound puppy. So um, he hit me square in the front of the temple. And um, so that's that's how I got my concussion. And um, it definitely hasn't been fun. Um, it's not something that I would want to um, definitely happen again. Or we should have stayed with the running into the boards too hard story. That I know. Came, it, was work, it, was, it was a better story. It was working, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, everybody's back now. There's there's so many teams with this NHL schedule that I, I I don't understand. There's so many things about the NHL schedule that I don't understand. There are, there are teams like um, right now the Wild and Columbus are playing, and I think um, out, out of the last 16 days, the Wild have played three games. This is their fourth in 17, and I think this is Columbus's fifth in 17 days. Just because right. they well, everybody's got to catch up. Well, they had their bye week, and then, you know, then they had the all-star break, and it's like, you know, and then you're going to start going, you know, back-to-backs every week again. And, you know, it's like, can't you do this a little bit better? (laughs) Right. You know, know, basically a half a month off, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is a lot of vacation time. Speaking of the wild, I watched – one of your young kids playing the AHL All-Star game last night, um, Luke Coonan. He uh, he did well. Your division didn't win a game, though. The Central Division got shut out. Um, I think the Metro, or the Metro, oh my goodness, the Atlantic Division won one game or two, no, one game. But the Pacific Division ran away with it. So... Well, it just means, well, <clears throat> you would think that would be the case because that's, you know, Arizona's out there and <laughs> Colorado, right. not Colorado, but Arizona and Vancouver and teams that are, you know, uh, at, at the, have been at the bottom for quite a while. But, you know, that does maybe lend well both of those clubs, you know, some of those clubs out there that, you know, maybe they do have better talent coming up. But it also might mean that, you know, they're, the the good talent is better talent that's already on the other divisions rosters as well. 
Right. The goalie for um, the Pacific Division, Cal Peterson, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good goalie. He's a prospect for the LA Kings. Like, they need to get better, you know? <laughs> Especially in goal. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, I, I think of Jonathan Quick when I think about that. But, um, you know, eventually Quick will get old enough that he's going to need somebody to help. But uh, he he was great. Um, I watched the... I watched the AJ, AHL All-Star Challenge or Skills Challenge too. And I have to tell you, I actually enjoyed it more than I did the um, NHL one. They had this, I, I guess this drill is what I'll call it. But they had um, the goaltender from each division in net while two players shot five pucks apiece at the goaltender. And they had to make saves. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a great skills challenge. Well, I I guess I kind of like the skill challenge um, equally well from the AHL and the NHL one. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch either one of them. It, it turns into a <laughs> It's just, um, oh, but you it's know, so just the announcers running around trying to get interviews and being giddy little kids. And it's like, okay, come on. You know, if you're going to show this, show this. You know, I don't, I, you can interview them after the game. You know, we don't, but they're just so excited to be able to interview players that that's all they do. You know, you don't really get to see a whole lot of what goes on on the ice because they're too busy. Well, I mean, I guess. Probably as much at the AHL level as it was on the NHL level, but. um, No, not really. Not really. Um, But, you know, to me, it's, it's so much fun to see, you know, the players' kids get involved. Like Eric Stahl's kids, they were having a blast. And I think it was his two and I may be wrong but I thought it was his two little boys that were at they were playing on the ice in their hockey gear and they dropped the gloves and started fighting each other <laughs> it was cute he did when when he was in all-star back when he was playing with Carolina you know he he used to go to the games but his kids were so young then and I don't even know if they were one of them was even born um, but he said how much more special it was to actually get to go to the all-star game and have his kids there and they could actually see what was going on. And, you know, they got to meet all the players. They got to meet Ovechkin. They got to meet um, Crosby. They got to meet, you know, Matthews and McDavid and all that. And, uh, you know, it was just a thrill for them to see all these people in, in person that, you know, that they don't necessarily know. And, uh, right. you know, and, and dad's out there playing with them. So, which is kind of cool. And, you know, I know we have um, quite a few female fans that follow our show, but let's just say from the female perspective, Eric Carlson in full pirate gear, total win. Total (laughs) win. (laughs) Eric Carlson is by far one of my favorite NHL players, and he's incredibly attractive too. But, you know, it's that whole – Yes, that whole puck bunny in me comes out sometimes, but he was uh, in all pirate gear and he just it fit the part perfectly. Like, you know, that was a total win. Um, my other favorite part about the All-Star game was on the red carpet before the game, they had um, this little boy and he was interviewing all the players, but he was asking them hard questions. Like he had asked Marc-Andre Fleury, if he wasn't playing hockey, what would he be doing? And Flurry responded with, I think I'd be a cop. 
So, and um, he was asking PK Subin where he got his felt hat from, and he said from someplace in um, Calgary. He picked it up while on the road up there, and um, they were saying that it, it looked really. The little boy said it looked really Canadian, which was really cute. <laughs> this uh, this little boy was asking the hard hitting questions. I guess um, so. Yeah. Well, and, he was and to so go back cute. to the pirate, the pirate outfit thing didn't do as much for me as it did for you. Um, you know, it, that wasn't. I don't know that that was necessary, but apparently it was for you. And <laughs> maybe that's why they did it. So. <laughs> I well, okay. So uh, to back up a little bit on that story, the NHL All Star Game coincided with the big um, pirate pirate weekend in Tampa Bay. So yeah, they not only had NHL players, they had um, pirates down there. And so um, a lot of the players were embracing the theme of the pirates. And um, even Jeremy Roenick from NHL Network had a good sport with it. And he had like a little mini Stanley Cup. And he was like, look, I have the cup. I have booty. We can take it on, on the boat. And um, he... Uh, <laughs> He goes, um, the pirate looks up and he says, no, we have the real Stanley Cup. And, of course, everybody knows Ronick played most of his career with the Flyers. And he was like, I can never quite get my hands on the real thing. And I just start <laughs> laughing because it was just so fun, you know. So I, I did watch all the, all the All-Star Weekend for the NHL. And then I ended up watching the All-Star Weekend for um, the AHL, too. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I like in the AHL, I'm not sure if people are familiar with their all-star game, but what they do is they basically do a round robin tournament and, um, they, you know, they have like, for example, the Pacific versus the central, and then they have the Atlantic versus the North and they eat every team plays each other. So the team with the most points or the top two teams with at the end of the the round robin tournament face off in the championship game. And that's how it works. And that's really cool. They do like, um, I think it was like three or five minute periods for the round robin tournament. And then they did two periods of six minutes a piece for, um, for the, uh, the championship game. No, is that five on five or is that three on three? Like the NHL one too? It's three on three too. Also, three on three. Also, so um, it's a lot of fun to watch. Three on three, three on three is exciting, but you know, usually you only see that for like two minutes at a time. You know, if that, where you see three on three in 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 the regular game, so it's it's odd to watch it. You know, like in overtime or in the in the All Star game, but. The, the thing about it with the All Star Game, just having three players out on the ice, and you know, they're they're trying a little bit more because they they want to score. <laughs> so right. there's sixty skating out there, whereas back in the days when it was you know five on five out there, you know it, it was it was kind of a joke because they wouldn't really do much of anything. They would just you know kind of stand around and wait for somebody to shoot. Whereas when it's three on three, it's a little little faster paced. So that that part's exciting, but. I, yeah, I, and I, I, some, I get bored with it. I watched part of, of the NH- I watched part of the NHL one, um, and then kind of drifted away. <laughs> it was still right. on. I just wasn't paying as close attention as I was. 
You know, when when the right. game started out, the first game started out when it was, uh, oh, was it uh, Mark Andre Fleury against Pecorini? And just oh, that was both great. Ends. That was that fun. was because they were they were just getting peppered and they were just making saves right and left. And it's like no wonder those are two two of the best goaltenders in the league. And yeah, that you know that kind of looks like I don't know it could have been a really nice Stanley Cup final goaltending pair from last year. Yeah. You know, I won't get started on that. Yep. No, and it, it's fine. Um, you know, everybody knows how I feel about Flurry. And, um, you know, I, I miss him, but I love seeing him in Vegas. I love seeing him succeed. Um, you know, he's the second best goaltender in the league right now behind Andre Vasilevsky. So, you know, not bad for a 32 year old that a lot of people thought was at the tail end of his career. Oh, and absolutely. And what a, what a great get that was for Vegas for the, from a fan aspect and also from a team aspect, you know, you have somebody of that, that nature, that character, you know, three times Stanley Cup winner, um, at in goal, you know, and that just, you know, his leadership ability and, you know, that's, that's a big part, I think, of why they're doing so well, and that, and you know, the salary cap era and all those kinds of things, where they were able to get better players than most expansion teams get, and and all that. Um, and, and it they, was only you know, one expansion team at a time. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I I always enjoy All Star Weekend. I know a lot of people don't. And they don't like most of the pro sports all-star games. But, um, you know, for me, I think out of all of them, baseball is probably the best and hockey is a very close second to it um, when well, it comes to all-star games. Yeah, baseball, it, just baseball, even though it's a team sport, it's still kind of an individual sport. So, you know, you don't have to have as much teamwork as you do in the other, you know. And, and, and the the risk of injury is not really as hard as you know high or whatever. Um, you know, right. basketball is a joke. You know, football's the worst, and then basketball, and then hockey, and then baseball's. It's it's almost like watching a regular um, game. <laughs> right, right, yep. But uh, so um, we actually have a phone call, Jimmy. So we're gonna go ahead and take this person um, while we wait for Mark to come on. And I'll, I'll get, you know, try to get these out of the the queue here. Hi, you're on the air with Kim and Jimmy. Who's this? Oh, this is Diane. Hi, Diane. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So you have to absolutely love the way the double season's been going. Uh, not really. <laughs> They've really? lost a lot. They win games, they lose games. <laughs> yeah, and it happens with all teams. So, um, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. have. Been, like, this game, they seem to be winning. Yeah, they're, they're kind good. of on a bad run Bad run right now. I don't I don't know what the, the, the story is there, but at least they're up on Buffalo tonight. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they haven't, they haven't fared well lately, but, um, you know, they did so well to start, you know, and then I think, you know, they're kind of catching up with themselves now. And I, I, they'll find their second win here after now that we're after yeah, the All-Star. Yeah, and the injuries. Oh, right. yes, because Taylor Hall had missed a couple of games with that hand injury. 
yes. definitely was uh, was yes. hurtful. Um, I see where they have Brian Boyle playing defense tonight on one of their lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you think of him in the All-Star game? <laughs> oh, I absolutely love Brian Boyle. And, you know, in the All-Star game, you know what impressed me the most about him is yeah, while every player was just, you know, signing as many autographs as they could before they, you know, went in and did their interviews and everything, Brian Boyle spent – 25 minutes signing every single autograph that he was asked for. And they had asked him, you know, hey, you spent a lot of time with the fans. And he said, the support that I got with fighting his cancer, he felt that the fans deserved his full attention. And to me, that's what hockey is all about. It's all about these players giving back to the fans that love them so much. Uh huh. So yeah, that definitely um that definitely was a great story. He was well received by the Tampa Bay crowd and he looked like he was having a lot of fun too. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I so thought that was a clapback by the by the Tampa fans, you know, giving him almost a they they didn't seem to want to do it for anybody that wasn't for Tampa. But um they uh um, they did. They did cheer for him, so I thought that was kind of nice. They understood. Yeah, they he got it. He got he got his standing ovation in Tampa, and I think a lot of people tended to forget that he did play for Tampa at one point. Yeah, people probably do forget that. <laughs> yep. So. Um, so what what are you looking are you if the devils make the playoffs how well do you think they'll do Diane Um I think they'll do well Yeah I think they have the potential to they definitely have the young talent to do so Oh yeah definitely But hey what at least this think, year's old mm-hmm. What do you think of Sammy Vardanen Oh I think he's a great player Oh, okay. Is he one of your your favorites? Oh, yeah, he's one of my favorites. That's good. Him and I like Boyle and I like Schneider. Yep. You actually have one of my favorite players on your team, um, Ben Lovejoy. I like him yeah. a lot. I like oh, him okay. as a defenseman. Yep. So, well, Diane, we hate to cut you short, but we got a lot of stuff to get to tonight since we were off last week. But it was great talking to you. You too. And I hope that you call in again. Sure. All right. Have a great night. night. You too. Bye-bye. No, it's nice to have the female fans call in. I love it. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and move on to college hockey here, Jimmy, or unless you have, I think you want to talk about a pond tournament that yeah, happened well, this past played, weekend. They played the pond hockey tournaments over on Lake Nokomis here in Minneapolis. Um, and, uh, that's always fun. You know, it's, it, 
they, I gave you a couple links, and you can throw one or two of them up on our, on our either our uh, Facebook page or our um, link them somehow on our um, regular page or whatever. Um, but uh, one of them lists all the schedules of all the different pond hockeys and pond hockey tournaments, and they're a lot of fun. And uh, um, this year, um, <laughs> the women's was kind of. Um, I don't know if they cheated or, or what they did, if you'd call it cheating. I guess you wouldn't call it cheating. But um, Chrissy Wenzel, um, who was arguably the best w- um, women's hockey player ever, um, got a team together of a lot of her old teammates back when she played for the Gophers. And uh, and they just kind of walked through the tournament because, you know, their skill level is so much higher than everybody else's, you know, because that's just they – were, they were the pioneers of the sport. And uh, – you know, they grew up playing um, with the boys and then finally got to the point where they, you know, in high school, they finally got to start playing, you know, against girls. And uh, and then in, in college, they were one of the first, you know, the, the first group basically to to play women's college hockey. So, and, and play it well. And um, so, yeah, they kind of, uh, they kind of stole the show with her. <laughs> um, which, which is, you know, which is good. It's good to have them, you know, good. It's good that they were there to support it. But, you know, she did say that, you know, she's not as young as she used to be. And maybe by next year, she'll be rested up well enough to be able to play again. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, well, I did of, not. It's a lot of skating. It's, it's pretty, it, it's pretty intense the way they go at it, you know, and, and uh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, pond hockey's played without a goaltender. You, you play with a little box that you've got to try to get the goal into or the, the puck into, and it's basically about an inch and a half above the puck line um, that you got to try to get it in. There are really no boards, um, so, and you you can't saucer pass, you can't shoot the puck up in the air. Everything's got to stay on the ice, um, just like it would be um, if you're playing on the pond. Because you know the last thing you want to do is have some some kid rifle that puck up in the air when you're playing on the pond and then you got to go find it in the snowbank, you know? So, you know, a lot of times you don't find it till spring. So, um, they, they kind of adopted that same policy where, you know, they're not playing on nets, you know, um, they're just playing, um, like I said, with a wooden box and you got to try to get it into the box, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It sounds like it. I, uh, I've never played pond hockey, and I've I've watched um, a couple of streams when they have the big um, pond hockey tournament. But I, at least last year I did. But um, yeah, I mean, I I find it fascinating the whole they don't have a goalie. Well, you don't need one when the when the area to hit is that small. <laughs> right. Very true. Very true. So this took place last weekend. Yes, on Lake Tacomas. Um, there's one that's coming up right now. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of where it is. Where it is. There's one they're playing one right now in, um, uh, where is it, Blue Heron Hills. I think that one just got over. Um, um, but next, coming up on the um, second through the fourth, um, there's one, there's a pond hockey tournament up in uh, Meredith, New Hampshire, for those of you that can get oh, to that. Okay. And then the big one, of course, is um, in Eagle River, Wisconsin, and that's um, coming up on the ninth. 
And then right. there's, a, there's a bunch of them. There's some in um, Bing, Binghamton, um, Buffalo, Lake Champlain, or Lake Champlain, I guess you could say it out there. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of them that are, that are coming up. Some are bigger than others, um, but they're all fun. And it's, it's just a good, it's a good time. The, the, the trophy they got for winning the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships was, um, was uh, um, golden shovels. And they're not actually gold; oh, okay. they're just painted. They're painted gold, but because when right. well, when you play in pond hockey, you gotta you gotta shovel off the snow off the ice before you can play. So that hence that's why they give them the the golden shovel. So right, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't think we would ever find any of those tournaments around here, and it, it's kind of no. sad that you know I I have to go where it's really cold. <laughs> to see one, but it is on my bucket list to go see a pond hockey t- tournament. Um, I know you've seen quite a few. Yeah, well, there's, there's, it's a little, it's a little easier to get uh, frozen ice here. So, <laughs> yeah, it is definitely. I think they tried to have one in DC in 2017, but it didn't necessarily work out very well because it was really warm. So they took it into well, an indoor rink. It was warm here on uh, uh, on Friday, and they said the ice was really choppy. So by warm, it was like 34, 35. So it was above freezing, so it's got a little choppy. But, you know, you're dealing with ice that's, you know, a couple of feet deep. So um, you know, they don't have to worry about it as much um, as far as going through or nothing like that. Um, just a matter of you got you got to shovel more often, that's all. Right. Because it comes yep. much lucky. No doubt. No doubt. So, big weekend in college hockey. Might as well just start off with that. I watched a really great game on Friday night. Um, I watched the Gophers-Notre Dame game. And um, that was a great game on Friday night. That went down, for those that missed it, it went down to overtime. Um, Casey Middlestat scored the only goal Friday night in overtime, and it was a beauty of a goal. <laughs> I was, like, mouth wide open, like, oh, my gosh, that was a great goal. It was a great defensive battle. It wasn't like there wasn't any action in the game either. I mean, they were, they were shooting oh. pucks. They were, getting, they were getting shots on net. They just – the goaltenders are playing really well too, and defensemen were blocking a lot of shots. So, you know, it was a good up and down game. It's just you know they, nobody could find the the backside of the net. Right. Yeah, because they had a lot of shots on goal. I I don't remember what the final total was, but it wasn't it wasn't like the Irish wasn't shooting the puck at the goal. Um, it was Robinson in net for you guys, or Robinson. Right. I don't remember yep. remember how to say his name. But he was in net for you guys, and he put on a great goaltending game on Friday night. Um, you know, I was um, I was amazed because I'm so used to, when I flip on a Gophers game, I see Shearhorn in net, and to see somebody different was like, okay, who's this guy? And um, but oh, what a great game he had! And um, the Irish goaltender had a great game himself, and it just took one really beautiful shot to um, seal the game. And it 
happened in overtime. So it's it's not like it was a game that was dominated on one side or the other. It was just it was such a fast game too. Well, and, well, they were playing in Mariucci, which is the Olympic site sheet, so that makes everything a little bit quicker because the ice is there's more space, and that you know that that's more fun to watch. And you know, for the for those of you that don't get to watch um, uh, hockey on the big ice, when you when you start to watch the Olympics, you'll see the difference. And uh, you know, even though the pros aren't there, you'll you'll see the difference because there's just so much more spacing, and uh, um, it makes for a little more wide open of a game. And it makes for that second period to be even more threatening because it's a little further even to get to that change on the defensive end. Right. Exactly. Now, Saturday night, the Gophers didn't fare so well. Um, They ended up losing four to one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I don't think it was that close either. (laughs) Right. um, I I didn't get to catch that game. They came back out and said, we don't want to lose again. And they didn't. So, Right. But on the flip side, we have a new number one on the men's side. Yeah, and it, that's just ludicrous. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say that. Um, I, I knew you weren't going to be very happy about Cornell being number one. But um, eh, it happens. Notre Dame's just their number two. Um, Clarkson State at three, Denver at four. But Ohio State moved up to number five, jumping St. Cloud State. So um, we had a little bit of shakeup. I'm telling you, though, watching all these college feeds over the weekend, every single game that I watched, all the announcers said the same thing. The most dangerous team right now is the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. Everybody yeah, they're said they're up. starting to come on. Yep. <laughs> so... Well, yeah. go back to the Cornell Clarkson thing. You know, Cornell hasn't played anybody. You know, they, they you have to beat somebody to to be ranked number one, in my opinion. You know, you know it's you can kind of and don't get this wrong, ECAC fans, but it's almost like you know Boise State being undefeated in, in college football, and then suddenly they're number one in Alabama too. You know, it's not going to be that way. It's, it shouldn't be that way. You should have to beat somebody. And Clarkson being number three, they've <clears throat> they've lost four games to ranked opponents. You know, they got swept by the Gophers. Um, so you know, it, the fact that Notre Dame lost a spot because they lost in overtime to Minnesota in Mariucci, you know, how far should Clarkson have dropped? You know, or how you know, being been impeded, you know, from climbing because the, you know, they're only they're only. They're all their losses have come when they've actually had to play somebody, right? The Cornell Makes played. Uh, Cornell Cornell played um, Harvard and Dartmouth. You know, neither one of those teams are very good this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, the The strength of schedule for Cornell is like twentieth in the country, and Carson is like twenty one or twenty two. You know, and then you look right. at a team like Minnesota, which is one, and then, you know, um, well, I think Omaha is like two, you know, and the teams that are down there at 12 and 13, well, you know, guess what? If you, if you play against the best teams in the country, you're going to lose some games. 
Right. You're not big Tim Bias at all, are you? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, no you're right. St. Cloud State, I think, has the third best record, and they're down to sixth, you know, as far as you know, toughest strength of schedule. Right. Um, you know, yeah. No, I was when, just when you're, you. when you're constantly playing a team that's that's ranked every weekend, it's a little different than when you're playing a team that When you're playing unranked teams. Right. (laughs) Like, for example, okay, I know these are basically two unranked teams. Air Force had a great, um, a great year last year. Now, they played um, the Niagara Purple Eagles this weekend. And this is the, um, this is the fourth time, or this weekend was the third and fourth time that they've met this year. Now, interestingly enough, the um, when they played in Niagara, Air Force got swept by the Purple Eagles. This weekend, the Falcons swept Niagara. Since Niagara swept Air Force, Air Force has gone six and three. Niagara has gone two ten and one. Isn't that crazy? It's like you know you sweep a team. And you expect, oh my gosh, so this gives them momentum, and then they turn around and post a two ten and one record. And then you have Air Force on the other side who got swept, and they posted a six and three in their last nine games since they met. I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah, and it just goes to you know, I mean, it goes to kind of show you that you know any team can beat any team, or you can go on and runs and. You know who knows? I you know I don't. I, I'm not a great Niagara mind as far as what you know what the, what their team. You know, did they have an injury or two in there or something like that happen? Or you know, so that makes it more difficult to to know. Is, is was there something else that was going on, or did Niagara just play better before that because they weren't playing against you know they were playing against lesser opponents and now they were suddenly playing against teams that were a little bit better than them. So you never know with that. Right. Yeah, and it, it looks like Niagara had a fairly easier schedule into the the first Air Force game. But then um, after that, looks like they started playing more difficult teams. So I just thought it was an interesting stat. And um, But, yeah, so they, they basically split the season meeting between the two of them. Both of them won two games. But the home team swept. Or, yeah, the home team swept. So I thought that was pretty cool. But Men on um, the women's winning. <laughs> Why? On the women's side, this just in Wisconsin keeps winning. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much the way it goes. <clears throat> um, you know, sorry to say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could say it again this year. Who's going to beat Wisconsin? Right. <laughs> so. But I said that last year, and they ended up losing in the championship game. So. Yeah, it took them all the way to the championship game to lose one, to lose a game. You know, you, right. You, you can lose a game somewhere along the season, too. You know, so. But that should yeah, be interesting. No, that, I, that's not possible. Curious to see how this is all going to play out. Yeah, we always enjoy it. Um, you know, we, we like to sit here and joke and be like, okay, 
you know, who's going to beat Wisconsin. But it's great to see that they have such a great program. Well, when they lost as much as they did, you know, one of the best goaltenders ever to play um, women's college hockey, they lost her, and they didn't miss a beat, really, with a gal coming in behind her. And and uh, so, I mean, that's that's – that's kind of amazing. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't usually happen. Usually, you know, when you have a goaltender that's been that strong for, you know, that many years, you know, the other gal's not getting a whole lot of playing time. So, you know, but for her to just step up and just the whole team, just it, 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 um, bodes well to the way Mark Johnson is coaching that team and just how structured that defense is for that team you know, that you can put a goaltender in there and get her some confidence, you know, and now she's got all kinds of confidence. Now it's almost impossible to get the puck by her. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, speaking of the women, the United States women's team, they are, I believe they should be in um, South Korea by now. I believe they should uh, be, yes. They were leaving... um, they were leaving after the All-Star game on Sunday. So, but um, they had a great story on there. And I don't know, because I know you didn't watch very much of it. But they have two sisters. One plays for the American Olympic team. And her sister plays for the Korean Olympic team. And um, they they think it's really unique that they have, you know, their sisters. But yet they're playing for two different countries and um, how excited they are that, you know, Korea has an Olympic hockey team. And they're talking about that. Um, if you missed the all-star game, they did because the, the women's Olympic hockey team have been um, practicing in Tampa Bay for quite a while now. And um, so they had the, the girls come up and they got to participate in some of the the skills challenges, not with the NHL players, but on their own. And then they talked to them a lot about, you know, how far the women's hockey program has come and, you know, how excited they are to be playing. And it's really exciting because these ladies will be playing, I think, not next week, but the following week. I think they start on February 8th is when they start. And um, so they were talking about how they've been playing, like, you know, other teams and they're tired of playing against each other and they can't wait to actually get the, um, get into the competitiveness of the Olympics. So it was a, you know, it's great that they were talking to these gals and promoting the uh, women's Olympic hockey team, which, you know, to me, any promotion that you get for that's great. Well, and the South Korean team's been over here in North America playing against the Canadian women's team and the U.S. women's team quite a bit too you know, trying to tune them up a little bit, which I think is great that they're doing that, you know, and the U.S. has been playing against Canada too, you know, just to kind of get, keep yourself in game shape, you know, and keep your, you know, focused because you can only scrimmage so much, you know, the, it, you can only play so much where you're not really keeping score. <laughs> so, right. um, but, uh, um, yeah, that, it, that should be interesting that the, they usually start the hockey, um, first hockey games are usually before um, opening ceremonies because they they have so many they have to play um, that they don't have enough time otherwise. Right. Yeah, I can't remember when they start, but um, 
I can look it up. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I wanted to bring that up because I totally slipped my mind from All-Star Weekend. But, um, yeah, so uh, I'm sorry, we kind of got off topic here. But we were talking about women's hockey, and you had brought up ends and that's what, you know, reminded me about that. So thank you for reminding me. Well, and she's the goaltender now for the Canadian Olympic team too, so um, which doesn't bode well for a lot of people if you're not on the Canadian Olympic team. So that and the right. two Patanek sisters from from the University of Minnesota are both playing for Canada. So I mean, there's there's there's, <laughs> there's some really good hockey players right there, and Sarah Nurse. You know, I mean, the, the list goes on and on of young just extremely talented hockey players that are going to be playing on that Canadian team. So it'll be, it'll be another struggle for the U S to, to, you know, not just get silver, you know, to maybe get gold this year. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, back to the men's side of college this weekend. Um, Ohio state had a great weekend. They they swept um, the Wolverines, and this is like the fourth time they swept them all season long. I know Michigan's not doing very well, but um, still, that's it's a great battle between those two hockey teams. So I was surprised that Ohio State actually swept off four. I figured um, Michigan would get one of them in. Well, and that's so tough because that's such a rivalry. Like I, you know, like I brought up before. I mean, these are teams that are playing on the national level, you know, in in basketball and in football. So right. when they play, they're playing now. They're playing. You know, it, the conference thing is starting to work in now a little bit more for the Big Ten. You know, they they're nowhere near the NCHC as far as the talent level, but um, there's the rivalries are starting to come in more. You know, where you know. Uh, Michigan Tech can 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 sweep a Minnesota, even though they're not supposed to, but they can do it just because based on rivalry. I say Michigan right. Tech, or Michigan State, but um, um, so I mean that that makes it that makes it a little bit more interesting. And there's the 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 rivalries in hockey are starting to develop now. Um, I just wish that they didn't have Michigan didn't have those horrible hockey helmets because they just look ridiculous. <laughs> they, have, they have the same pattern that they have for the football helmets, but it doesn't look nearly as good on the on the hockey helmet as it does on the football helmet. So, right, right. So we were talking about teams coming up, and um, we had mentioned Minnesota Duluth. Uh, who else do you think is kind of on the rise on the men's side of college right now? Because like, we well, we've seen St. Cloud State you know, be fairly consistent. And I know they split with the Bulldogs this past weekend. And, um, you know, like I said, everywhere I turned, I watched, um, I believe I was watching Bemidji State and Alabama Hutsville at some point this past weekend. And um, even the announcers on there were like, you know, this team, the Bulldogs, they're one to watch out for. You know, they made the – Frozen four last year, and they became very dangerous, and they're kind of on the up and up now. So I was just curious if you see of anybody else that you may think is on the 
rise on the second well, half the of other, the college season. The other thing about Minnesota Duluth, too, is that they have, um, they have five players that played on the U.S. juniors team. Um, and I believe two that played on the Canadian junior team. So they're all back now. But, you know, when you have that many young kids, you know, and you're playing at, you know, in Minnesota Duluth is not necessarily known for getting, you know, really good freshmen or sophomores. Usually they develop the teams really well in Duluth and the kids get a little older and then they play better, but they've, they've their freshman class is, is playing lights out right now. And, uh, um, so yeah, they're going to continue to rise. I, you know, I don't. They're going to be tough to beat. Um, um, Minnesota State Mankato. Um, they uh, they've been playing fairly well, but a part of their deal is um, their the conference the WCHA isn't as good as the other conferences. So there again, you know it's is it smoke and mirrors or is it, are they really playing that well? I mean, they did beat St. Cloud state, you know, which, you know, was pretty impressive. Um, but they don't have a whole lot of other quality wins on their schedule either. So, um, it's, it's so hard to know. Um, it's almost easier for a team to drop off than to get better. Um, at this point, you know, I'm still waiting for Boston University to or Boston College to get their act together because there's so much talent on both of those teams that I have no idea why they're not winning. And um, you know, a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, actually, one of the feeds that I was watching this weekend, the announcers had said that Boston College was probably the biggest disappointment this college the biggest disappointment this college season. Because, well, like can, you said, can, they have so much talent, and they're not doing very well at all. Well, and they either got so many number one draft picks on that team that it's you know you wonder what's going, you know why why aren't they winning, you know? So I I I in that I can't answer that question. <laughs> Another team that's climbing up though um, is Nebraska Omaha. Um, they've been on a pretty good little tear here. They have. A really good test. We'll see how they're doing because um, they go to St. Cloud State this weekend. So that will be good. Um, you were talking about Minnesota Duluth. They're playing at Denver this weekend. That will be a fun one. So there will be some tests on these teams that are up and coming that are trying to challenge the teams that have been at the top all year as to whether or not um, you know they're good enough to play up there or not. Right. Right, and I just got a message from Mark. He's running just a little bit late, so he will be joining us shortly. I um, just wanted to let you know okay. that. Um, it was just fine because, you know, we we can ramble on about college hockey as much as anybody else can. So, well, as long um, as we're rambling on, um, what we missed being <laughs> able to talk about last week was Hockey Day Minnesota. <clears throat> yes. And for those, of you that, for those of you that are not from here, it's a – um, which is, you know, a, a good portion of you. Um, my day started, it was the 20th, and my day started at a um, little before 9 and turned the TV on, um, had a cup of coffee, <laughs> turned the TV on, and hockey bro- the hockey broadcast started. And got to watch um, uh, St. Cloud and St. Cloud Cathedral play outdoors 
Um, it wasn't bad. Um, it was overcast, so the ice wasn't wasn't too bad. But the temperature wasn't frigid either, so it was fun to watch and it was good hockey. And then Cathedral just kind of blew away and uh, beat St. Cloud. And then we got to watch um, the outdoor game of um, um, Minnesota Duluth and um, St. Cloud State play outside for women's college hockey. And that, that, that was just a treat. That was, there's nothing like that. Um, we had another high school game that started after that, that was also outside. And then at the same time, the St. Cloud state playing against Minnesota state. And then after that, um, the Gophers were on, on a different channel. They were playing against Michigan tech at, um, uh, uh, Madison square garden. And then the wild came on at eight. My remote was getting a workout. <laughs> and then uh, just just for fun, I had the Pittsburgh game on my uh, um, NHL TV on my computer because apparently switching from two games wasn't enough. I had to have another one on at the same time. And I ended up watching hockey till midnight that night. So I watched started at 9 o'clock in the morning and watched it till about midnight. And I, 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 I was good for hockey for, for, for that rest of that day. But I was, you know, I could sleep. <laughs> After 15 right. hours of hockey, I was good. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember because um, I was actually very, very busy um, on that Saturday because it was the day before my birthday. And so I had other personal plans, and I actually didn't get to watch as much of Hockey Day Minnesota as I wanted to. Um, but Saturday is also when I sustained my concussions. <laughs> Um, we, uh, you know, we had a, uh, interesting day. It was actually, long story short, it was a beautiful day here. It was in the sixties and I, I took Moose to the dog park and, um, and enjoyed some time outside just because it was just absolutely gorgeous. So, um, but yeah, um, I, it, Jimmy was texting me and telling me how great all the matchups were. So. I really enjoyed well, I mean, hearing his side of it. Well, and it was fun too because you know it's good, good old-fashioned outdoor hockey. It's the first time the women's college game has been outside, and they they just loved it. And I think they're going to do it again next year, so that will be good. Um, oh, the Wild just beat the Blue Jackets in the shootout, so the Blue Jackets got one point, but not two. So you'd be happy to hear that. Um, awesome! <laughs> I am very excited to hear that because. The Pens won um, five to two over the Sharks, which you know I'm excited that they won because we need two points. And Jimmy has um, explained how important points are, especially in the Metro right now. It is so tight. Yeah, um, well, it's tight everywhere. <laughs> it really is. Right. Well, you know. Yep. It, if we're switching over the NHL for a little bit here, you know, if you looked at going into tonight's game, it was um, Pittsburgh and Columbus were two and three in the Metro. Um, but if they were in the West, neither one of those teams would have even been in the playoff picture. So that's... All right, Jimmy, I'm actually going to interrupt you because Mark's with us now. Oh, good. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time out of the out of your busy schedule to be on our show. We really appreciate it. 
yeah, yeah. My 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 busy schedule. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's funny. Thank you. <laughs> I hey, that. making your me time sound more precious. Important. We know. Yes. Thank you. you. Are how, how you doing, Jimmy? Yeah. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing good. How you been? Um, how, what did you think of the uh, of that All Star game and and the the new format? I thought that was pretty neat, didn't you? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I don't know. I I can go back and forth on it. I, I like it better than mm-hmm. the old format, but I don't know if there's there's such a thing as a good format. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I remember when I was nine years old, I saw Wayne Gretzky score five goals at the National Coliseum in the nineteen eighty three All Star Game. Um, you know, the with the Wales and 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 uh, you know the Wales Conference. I think he played for. Uh, you know, back when they did the All Star Game that way, and I I, I just don't think all-star games anymore. See, when we were kids, you know, all-star games were special because there weren't like a million games on TV every night. So, you know, getting to see guys who really didn't get to see too much play in an all-star game uh, was, was, was great. And then, especially like in baseball, you had the American League and National League. Now, when you really play, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, I remember the NBA all-star game, you would get to see, you know, guys out on the West Coast. I remember like you know, getting to watch like Alex Ingles play in the All-Star game. You wouldn't really see him much during the regular season because they would barely play on CBS. Uh, but nowadays, everything is so you can watch any game you want. So it's just it's it's, it's kind of lost its, its luster a little bit. And you know, I guess the only reason why they play it now at all is just to get recognized as an All-Star because it really you know the game's a joke. You know, when they play a regular hockey All-Star game, it's a total joke. You know, you have like a 15 to 12 game and, you know, it, it just, it's basically just an exhibition. And I, I, I think in order for to watch anything, it has to have some kind of a meaning. I mean, don't you think? Well, and I think when they took the extra two players <laughs> off the ice and they went three on three, which I'm not a big fan of three on three hockey, but in the All-Star game, it kind of worked a little bit better because it there's creates so much open space that you don't have, you know, three guys sitting around while the other right. two are doing something. And, right. you know, it, it, it made for a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down hockey, a lot of open ice hockey, which is fun to watch. Yeah. I, I think it's exciting. I mean, I, I love the overtime when they, when they do that in the overtime, even though I, I think, you know, just between you and me, I think the way that they've, they've put the overtime now is, is a little ridiculous. I think with the, um, with, you know, each team gets a point and that, uh, you go to a shootout. I mean, I, I think there should be a winner, but I, I'm just not a fan of, a, a, you know, a playoff spot possibly coming down to a shootout. You know, I, I just don't like that. I think everything should be played until there's a winner. Uh, but, you know, this this format at least, uh, the three-on-three three really gets, in my opinion, really gets to see players' individual skills more than, than any other time. Uh, in, in a hockey game. You really get to see speed, you get to see passing, you get to see guys moving and setting up a play. So I, I think uh, that really accentuates um, players' individual ability. What do you think? Well, you know, when and, and I, I, I agree with that completely, but to back up a little bit on the, on the overtime thing, now in a lot of the college conferences, they've gone to three-point conference games where every game, every, every game is three points. If you win it over outright and over in, in regulation, you get three points. And then uh, if it's a tie, then everybody gets a point, and then the winner gets the third point. 
and that rewards the winning in regulation more than right. Um, Right, salvaging that one point because there's a big difference right. between three points and one point. Oh yeah, but if if you did that, then you'd have a whole new record for for most points in the NHL and what you know, uh, you know, it's never before been that that high of a you know three points for a win. So you would have like what's the record now? Like a hundred and hundred and thirty points, hundred thirty two points, I think, for the seventy seven Canadians. So like yeah. that would be do one year. Yeah. But you know, look at how many, how many wins, how many, how many points are you know are, are are given because of the ties now, and they never used to have ties either. So, yeah. Well, that's how I, that's how Toronto got in the playoffs last year was tying. Right, right, right. That still takes me off. Well, I mean, but. they had points for ties, but they didn't have points for ties and losing, and then two points of the other person. It was just a, it was you either got two points or you got one point. Right. It. See, I, I think the fact that you get a point in a canning game you lost really, really sucks. And, you know, it, it just it, it makes it, you know, getting the extra point in overtime, um, so it, it, it can mean nothing if you have uh, in, a, in a spot like where you need just one point to clinch a playoff spot. Or, you know, it's so many, so often a lot of these games come down to, like, if you have to make up points in the standings, and then you see, you know, oh, they're tied at the end. Of, you know, you just kind of give up, you know. I needed them to lose because the only way I'm really going to gain ground is if I lose and I keep winning. So that in itself has kind of made, um, you know, this, every, everything so close now. I mean, you look at the Metropolitan Division, you have, what, 11 points that separate uh, the top from the bottom? Are you kidding me? You know? And 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 you know, from Columbus down to the Rangers, it's two points from three, you know, two to seven. Have you ever seen anything that close? Well, the, the Central's pretty close, like that too. Um, once you get off mm. off the first couple, um, but you know what what's interesting when you're talking about the points. Okay, well, how important is two points as opposed to just getting the one point? Well, Pittsburgh got their two points for winning, so they went right. from fifty-seven to fifty-nine. Um, okay. um, <laughs> Columbus, um, only got Columbus, Columbus only got one point, so they're at 58. So now they're in the wild card, and Jersey got their two points, so they're they're in third now. So you know, you look at is it important to get that one point? Well, it looks at it looks like it at this point in that in that you know in that struggle right there. Uh, right. I, you know, I, I think yeah, winning definitely. You know, I, I think you know, as far as Kim's concerned, seeing the Devils, I mean, the, the Penguins win tonight, um, you know, go from fifty-seven to fifty-nine—that's like a huge jump when when teams are that close. Uh, so, getting two points for a win, I, I think, is is something that you know always is going to matter. But I think when you're trying to catch up and you're looking at the teams ahead of you, and you say, okay, you know, even if you know, the team loses, they can still get a point. And it just makes it a lot harder to to, to gain uh, to gain points in the standings if you're trying, you know, say you're like five or six points behind somebody, it makes it that much harder to, to try and catch up. So, I, yeah, I, I think that, that to me would be a little discouraging if, I, if my team got off to a slow start and you see they're, they're trying you know, each night to gain points and then, you know, four, four or five teams in the division tie, you know, or tied going, you know, going into overtime, and it, it can be very discouraging. 
No, and I, I completely agree. But but the but the thing is too is that you know it, that extra point that you get for getting the two points. You know, you, maybe you're giving up a point to your division rival, or maybe you're giving it up to somebody from you know the other conference. You know, if it's from the other conference, you don't. I guess you don't really care if they get a point or not. But to get the two points is huge. You know, if Pittsburgh would have tied tonight, let's say instead of lost and lost and only got one point. They'd be on the outside looking in right now. They'd be in the wild card spot. Like so, every every like Columbus is. So, every point, every you know, getting that extra point is at this. You know, it it meant a lot in November to get that extra point. You know, because like I was telling Kimmy the other day, you know those those two three games that you know the the average fan says, well, it doesn't matter. These are only games in November. It doesn't matter if we win. Well, how nice would it be to have six more points right now? Mm-hmm. I would love to have six more points right now, personally. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie. There are games that the Pens have played that they probably should have won, and I'm thinking, I with as close as the Metro is right now, those four or six points could have really um, come in handy right now. I mean, you know, you look at you look at the standings and. Like, I'll use Pittsburgh as an example. Yeah, they're sitting in second place right now with 59 points. New Jersey's behind them with 58. However, Pittsburgh plays back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Friday they play the Capitals, and Saturday they play the Devils. So they could easily drop back out of the playoff picture if they lose both of those games. Especially having three or four games in hand on the rest of the uh um, teams that are in the playoff picture right now. Right. Which is what makes it kind of exciting. <laughs> it does. Do me a well, favor. Explain how, the, explain how the Islanders could lose to a rookie goaltender. Uh, Sateri, I believe his name is, tonight. He gets his first win in, in the NHL. The Islanders can't win at the, at the Barclays Center anymore. It's, it's, it's frustrating seeing them lose to Florida. It's a team you should beat at home, and right. I, I don't know what to. I, I don't know what to expect. See, the the owners for the longest time they couldn't score. Okay, now this year they're one of the highest scoring teams, and they it seems like every game they allow at least four goals. And I, I thought going into the season that the combination of Halak and Grice would be would be very good because I think you know to, individually they're not very good, but I think together. Uh, you know, giving each other enough rest and say they're split 41-41, I, I think that would have been, you know, I, I'm thinking that's going to be perfect. And they have both been so bad. You know, I mean, right. you, you look at the fact that last year the Islanders scored five or more goals ten times the entire season. This time they've, uh, this year they've done it about 18 times already. So they're they're having no problems putting the puck in the net. But they have so many defensive breakdowns, and their and their goaltenders they can't stop easy shots. Sometimes it's this. The Islanders, in my opinion, have have more than enough to be a playoff team, and I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because if you look in the Metropolitan Division, you know the Penguins are going to make the playoffs. Okay, uh, you know that the Capitals are going to make the playoffs. And now, who's going to be the who's going to be the third team before you get into the wild card? Is it? I, I don't think it's going to be New Jersey. I think they're eventually going to fold. Uh, It'll I, probably I, be know, Columbus. Well, I, I think it's going to be the Rangers. 
I, I think the Rangers are, are good enough. I think Lundqvist is going to wow. lead. The, you know, they're going to they're going to put together another run. I think. You know, they, they started off slow and then then they were unbeatable for about a, you know two months. I think they're going to put together another run uh, and 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 be that either second or third team. Um, and then you look at okay, you know, the Devils, the Flyers, the Islanders, and you know Columbus basically flip a coin and. It, it, to me, the, the, the teams with, with the best goaltending is gonna, are going to make the playoffs, and that's certainly not the Islanders, and it drives me nuts because they finally are good enough where they can score, and I, 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 I'm looking at what they could possibly do for their goaltending, and there's nobody on the horizon, at least right now, uh, in the minors. they got a couple guys that are, that are overseas that next year can, can help out maybe. You know, who, who, who would be available if, if they wanted to trade for a goaltender? Who would even be available? There's nobody. So uh, at this point, you know, you, you're going to have to write it out with Halak and Grice, and they're just not getting any better. Right. Now, it's interesting that you brought up the Rangers <clears throat> because on Friday, um, right before, you know, the All-Star uh, game and skills challenge happened, the New York Rangers, they've made, um, they made Ryan McDonough, Rick Nash, and Matt Zuccarella available for trade. So that they can yeah, refresh I, I, their roster. I saw that, but until until it happens, you know, I I I, I just think that that was just put out there. I, until that happens, it's really really hard for me to believe that the Rangers are going to start selling off when they're two points out of the playoff spot. See, that that was my thought on it. I'm like, they're not nearly like. Let's use Arizona as an example. Everybody knows Arizona is not making the playoffs. So for the Rangers to come out and say that or for it to be reported that it was said kind of just blew my mind because, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, the Rangers are just right there. And so they're going to make their best available players available for trade. That just kind of right. didn't make any sense to me. Well, yeah, they, throw those, players in those, I, they I throw those players and those names out there, though. But then you look at, you know, what happened was about a week and a half ago when Ottawa said that they were, you know, they were dealing anybody and everybody, you know. So what if the Rangers are saying, well, you know, maybe we'll play, let's make a deal with Ottawa and we'll get Eric Carlson in here. You know, if we got to give up the we'll take Carlson. You know, maybe yeah. that's, maybe they're looking for that splash, that superstar splash where you give us one of your best players and we'll give us, you know, we'll take one of yours and see if, you know, that just changes how we roll because we think the rest of our team is good enough. Yeah, or, or it, to me, I, I think it's more of just kind of a you know kind of light light the fire under these guys, get them going because the, the Rangers have have not been playing well lately. Um, you know, you look at someone like Nash. You know, he's he's only got you know 15 goals, 25 points. Um, you know, McDonough for a defenseman is kind of having a down year for him. So I I, I think um, they need those guys to play. I mean, they need Nash to be. Um, you know, a guy by now that should have, you know, 20, at least 20 goals and at least, you know, 40 points. And, and he's, and he's, he's not having that good of a year. So um, I, I, I think it was more done just to kind of light a fire on these guys, see if they can. Um, because if they, if they're not playing well, if, if you're not getting production out of Nash, you know, uh, especially the Rangers aren't going to go very far. And, you know, I, to me, I mean, who else are you really going to get? You know, unless you know, like Jimmy said, unless you, you can talk about getting a guy like Carlson, um, who who is really available out there that's going to be better than Rick Nash? 
that you could bring in, you know, to either replace him or to add to him. I, I, I just don't think there's too many teams that are going to give you anybody like that right now. Which makes 100% or 100% complete sense to me. Um, you know, I was kind of shocked when I read that article um, just because, like you had said, you know, and I, I really didn't think about Jimmy's Jimmy's point on that where they could have been doing it to A, fire, fire him up, or B, you know, hey, let's make a deal, kind of like the DeShane trade that happened. That turned out great for Nashville and Colorado, not so much for Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, I just... Uh, is... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Kim. No, go ahead. Go what, ahead, what Mark. What do you guys think? Um, you know, just to get it to get it into the Western Conference here, okay? Because uh, I know a lot of attention has been paid to them this season. Looking at uh, the Golden Knights and the season they're having, they they only need, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, they're they're at, at they're they're one game shy of tying um, the the all time record for most wins uh, in an inaugural season, and, and they're barely halfway through the season. Uh, what, what do you what do you think of, of what they've brought to the NHL? I mean, and why are they – are you surprised at how good they've been? Yes and well, no. I, I, um, I could – well, they're 19-3-2 and three and two at home. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go to Vegas, um, I'm not real well-rested the next day. <laughs> That's a heck of a home home ice advantage right there. But the other thing, and I kind of touched on this a little bit with Kimmy earlier, is the fact that they were able to get Marc Andre Fleury from um, from Pittsburgh, and now you have this veteran goaltender, three time Stanley Cup winning goaltender, who has been around the block and back again. Um, confidence in all these kids that that are that are talented, that are coming from teams that just didn't have salary cap space to keep them. And, you know, or to try to sign them, or, you know, you know, you can only protect so many. So they, they had space and um, they were able to pick up a lot of highly talented players that were third and fourth line players on the other teams and, you know, low second to third D pairs. And you've got um, an extra coach out on the ice in Flurry that's coaching these guys up. And they were just playing at the level that they probably could have played had they gotten a chance from the other teams that they played for. Yeah, I, I, I but I, I still think that, you know, and even with all those, you know, even with all you just said, Jimmy, uh, and, and I think a lot of that is true, especially now in the NHL, there's, there's just a lot more, a lot better second and third line players now than they've ever been before. You look on most teams, you have really solid players on second and third lines like you've never had before, um, where, you know, earlier, you you know, your second and third line, you'd see a clear dip in production. Uh, I still, you know, the fact that they're only 48 games into the season and they already are just one win shy of tying the all-time record for most wins in an inaugural season, to me, I didn't, ex- I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to be that good. And, even if they had, you know, a, a guy like Flora, you know, he's, he, you know, he's a Stanley Cup winner, you know, he's a good goaltender, but he was never like a, a Patrick Roy. 
you know, or a Dominic Hasek where, you know, he would stand on his head for, for a long period of time. You know, the Penguins had some pretty good offensive players, you know, to help him out. So it's not like, you know, Fleury did it by himself. Um, so I, I think just his play to me has been surprising because I, I didn't really expect – I expect him to be okay, but not like this. And, you know, I, I think it just says a lot for what he learned when he was with Pittsburgh – uh, the fact that they've been so good and he's been so reliable, uh, you look at them. They, you know, they've they've allowed you know only 128 goals this year. Um, to me, I, I I I'm just shocked. I really am just shocked by the fact that they have the you know the most points in the Western Conference. I don't think anybody could have ever thought that. Well, I certainly didn't see that coming. Before you get to talk about your guy, Mark Andre Fleury, Kimmy, I'm going to talk about him a little bit. Um, the, the thing about him is his 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 veteran yeah. presence and his locker room presence is is you know you you can't measure that out on the ice. But I, if you look at what happened in the Stanley Cup run last year, and you were talking about standing on your head, you look at some of those some of those games um, against Columbus and against Washington when he stood on his head. He kept that team in that in those games when he was getting peppered, you know, 15, 20 shots in the first period. Yeah, he may have let one in or possibly two, but he could have let three or four in, you know, which a lot of goaltenders would do. He, he, he gave them a chance to win coming out of the locker room in the second period. And that's kind of the mentality that he's had out there in Vegas, I think, is, you know, let's just kind of stay in this and we'll go. And they started out just, gangbusters and they really haven't slowed i mean they're they're not as good on on the road but they still have a winning record on the road and they haven't been as good as as of late but they're still pretty good um you know they've come back to the pack a little bit so to speak but like you say they're they're leading the pacific in the in the western conference and i think maybe uh, i don't know if they're ahead of tampa bay or not as far as overall points but um no, nobody saw that happening. Nobody, nobody even remotely saw that happening. They figured they'd be playing down with Vancouver and Arizona down at the bottom. Mm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people and, thought that. You know, the, the other thing that surprised me is when, when was the last time you saw Winnipeg in first place? You know, I mean, did, oh. did they ever finish in first place back when, you know, back when they they were the original Winnipeg Jets? You know, as far as the NHL, I know they did in the WHA, but um, as far as, you know, the, the NHL, did they ever really win, you know, I mean, I know they've only won one playoff series as as the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, when was the last time they were this good? I think that's really good, especially for hockey in Canada. I think it's really good that they've, they're they're having this type of season. Oh, yeah, and they're doing it with all the injuries they sustained, too. And they've had a couple of right. players out throughout the right. Or throughout the year. So, to me, I think that's even more impressive um, is the fact that they are winning and they're doing it without key players. Right. You know, and and I know Jimmy is devastated over it because, you know, that's a rival of his. But Jimmy is also a hockey fan (laughs) and he enjoys it too. Um, But I I wanted to kind of chime in on the Marc-Andre Fleury thing. The way I kind of looked at it, <laughs> well, I didn't get a chance to. You you got your point in first. Um, the way I kind of look at it is last year with Pittsburgh, Flurry took a lot of heat from the media, from fans, 
from everyone about that he was washed up, that he was a choke artist, that he wasn't a winner without Crosby or without Gino. And I think Flurry is out to prove that, hey, they're wrong. I'm none of these things. And Vegas was such a great place for Flurry to go because, A, he's kind of the face of the franchise out there right now. Um, everybody loves him. He loves being out there. And it's just kind of a perfect storm for him. And he's actually having fun again. And that was something that he didn't get to enjoy the last two years in Pittsburgh. I definitely buy that. I mean, nobody really expected anything from him when you're with the Penguins. If you don't, you know, win the Stanley Cup or you fail in the playoffs, you know, a lot of times they're going to blame the goaltender. Right. Exactly. And that's what happens. And you <laughs> and you still see it now. Um, and I've been guilty of it, too. Uh, but you kind of see the fan base, once again, split down the middle. There are those that absolutely love Flirt or Murray. And those are there are those that absolutely love either DeSmith or Jari. It's like there's a no-win situation for the fans of Pittsburgh. You either have to like one or the other, and that's kind of where Flurry was last year and the year before. It's kind of you had to either like Flurry, or if you liked Flurry, you were a horrible person, or if you liked Murray, you know it was because you were a bandwagon fan. So it, it you know it's interesting to watch the fan bases of. Pittsburgh and how they actually do treat their goaltenders. Um, and, you know, like I said, I've been guilty to a point myself, but, you know, it, I also understand a little bit more about the sport of hockey, too. But, um, yeah, you were... So anyway, uh, as, long as, as long as we're still on flurry, let me point out one other thing that, that, um, that I like to point out. Um, last year, in, during the regular season for, for Pittsburgh, um, Matt Murray won three games, I think it was, or maybe it was four games. When Pittsburgh didn't score over four goals, all the remain the remainder of their games that that Pittsburgh didn't score four goals, and they won. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury was in net. Um, yep. Pittsburgh won tonight. Who was in goal? Matt Murray was in goal, and they won five to two. So there's your so four got- goal again, Jimmy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, and it's an interesting stat to keep an eye on. It's one that, since you pointed it out, I've definitely kept an eye on. So, um, but just to kind of interrupt here a moment, um, for those of you who are listening to the show, we're with Mark Kelly. Mark used to work for ESPN. He is now with CK Magic Sports. You can find his website at ckmagicsports.com. Also, if you want to call in and talk to us, the number here is 516. 418-5573. 418-5573. And Mark, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your knockout cancer page? I kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show, but I always like you to give you the opportunity. Yeah. Well, what, what it was, the knockout cancer, I started a couple of years ago and it just, it's, it's basically um, teaches people about what uh, survivors go through, what I've, I've, I go through. Uh especially when you're younger and I had cancer when I was 16, you get left with a lot of side effects from the chemo and the radiation. And a lot of them can be long-term side effects that you don't see for many years. And I didn't really start to suffer from the Crohn's disease and lymphedema until about, you know, 10 years after treatment. 
Um, so, you know, about 15 years after I finished treatment, I wind up having to go on disability because of the, the side effects, uh, the long-term side effects of the, of the radiation and the chemo. So when you're in that position, a lot of survivors wind up uh, not being able to work. And, you know, I, I look at it in essence as we've given our lives and our careers to this disease and there needs to, there needed to be something done about it. So at least for for myself, I figure, what can I really do to help help myself? And then in in, uh, in doing that, kind of showing, being an example to other survivors as far as what they can do. And sports is really the thing that I know best. And I started doing a podcast a couple of years ago um, that I you know I had to stop because we moved and I and I don't have access to as many things as I did before. Uh, but I, I still do stuff with you guys. I, I write for ESNY, um, and I, I go on other shows and, and, and do other podcasts with other people. Uh, but it's a way to show what exactly you do best, uh, what you can still do despite being a survivor. Even if you can't work, there's still something you can give back to do. Uh, and then people can go to uh, Knockout Cancer and donate. Uh, to definitely any cent that I get definitely helps me with medications I need with, there's a lot of things I do to help prevent um, or to help heal the damage that was done to me. Um, There's herbs that you take. There's um, uh, a drink I take called Select, which definitely has a lot of vitamins and nutrients, and it fights any uh, cancer-causing bacteria in your body. Um, So there's a lot of things you can do as a survivor to keep yourself healthy as well. So, you know, that's one thing that people worry about the most is if it's going to come back. And um, that's what I try to at least encourage other people to do and show other people. And at the same time, anybody that donates is definitely helping me out with the things that I have to do to, you know, heal myself and just, you know, live a normal life. Because when you're on disability, you really don't don't make much money at all. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely a way to help people who, if if you have cancer and you can't work anymore because of the side effects, uh, it's a way for other people who want to help survivors and want to help give back to cancer uh, something that they can do. Which is a, a fabulous cause. And we're so glad that we have a platform that you can promote it as well. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And it's very it's, it's very important because nowadays everybody knows somebody who had cancer. And, and for me, being a, a survivor, it, it can be very frustrating because you think of, you know, you only have so, so many options and things you can do. And, you know, especially, you know, nowadays, you know, living costs are so expensive and you want to be able to give back, but at the same time, you need to be able to live. Um, so the best way I know to give back is through my, my sports knowledge. Uh, and then that in turn at least shows people, hey, you know what, he's, he's trying to do whatever he can despite the, 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 the issues he has. Uh, let, me, let, let me support him in his battle. And I think a lot of that, is you know is is true and that's what i hope people see in me is that you know you don't give up you keep trying to do things um and that that's kind of the um the hashtag is survivors fight um you know for knockout cancer is that if you're a survivor you have more than just the fact that you're trying to to live each day but you represent something you represent uh, a victory over something that can kill a lot of people and that to me is like one of the worst things uh, in this world is to, to hear the word that you have cancer. So uh, I think it's it definitely, you know, if you go to the website and you click, you know, CK Magic Sports and you click out knock, on knockout cancer, you're able to read about things that have happened to me. 
And a lot of other, you know, survivors can relate to that. So I, I think that's important too. Uh, and if you're going through treatment, at least you could see, hey, here's someone who had been through everything you could possibly been through. I mean, the doctors told me I had six months to live. I went through a bone marrow transplant. Um, I, I uh, had, you know, 13 bladder surgeries in three weeks because, you know, my bladder exploded. There's so many things that happened where I shouldn't have survived, um, you know, but I did. So it, it's a way for other people who are going through treatment now to say, hey, this guy made it. I can make it too. Well, and so many of the yeah. treatments that you were given too, Mark, were, were um, kind of groundbreaking treatments that they didn't really yeah. know the repercussions for and they didn't necessarily, um, I don't know, know what they were doing so to speak um and there's a lot of side effects from that so there's a lot of people you know that contracted cancer around the same time that you did that i'm sure are going through the same thing yep yeah i mean mean, definitely it you know as far as bone marrow transplants i was one of the first to ever have one um and the, the side effects from the chemo and radiation too um they didn't really know much about that then especially in children um, more and more studies are, are coming out now. You know, kids that were treated back then are having these these things that they deal with long term, um, which is why now uh, so much more of the treatment is really specified just to take care of the cancer cells. Where back then they just blew apart your whole body, and okay, hopefully we'll hit some cancer cells along the way. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I didn't know much about it, Mark, until you came on our show the first time and was talking about it. So, you know, it the awareness is now there for me. And, it, you know, that, that definitely is eye-opening. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially when, you know, the, the worst thing to me um, is if you walk on the pediatric floor and you see all the children that, that suffer through it and you see the families of the children that suffer through it and what the mothers and fathers go through and, and watching your your kid suffer and not being able to do anything about it. You, you get a real quick lesson in the priorities in life. Right, exactly. Um, so do you mind if we take a phone call, Mark? Because I think somebody has a question for you about the um, – and I don't know if you even heard about it today, um, but Carolina is talking about we- wearing the Whalers jersey as a throwback thing. Did you hear about uh, yeah. that? I did so not. Did you want to? No, no, you did not? Sure. <laughs> All no, right, we'll fine. go ahead and take this. We'll take this caller. Good. Hi, you're on the air with Kim, Jimmy, and Mark. Who's this? Hey, Kim. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Mark. It's Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you? I was doing okay until Kim decided to ruin my night. <laughs> How'd she do that? He's a Rangers so, fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that that's not what ruined Well, The Rangers have ruined many a night for me. But <laughs> I also... I also live in Connecticut, and I was I before I was a Rangers fan, I was a Whalers fan. So where, where in Connecticut do you live? I live uh, about ten minutes away from New Haven. Yeah, I, I lived when I lived in Connecticut. I lived in Bristol. I lived in Southington, and I lived in Rocky Hill. So, all right. So yeah, you're more north. I'm I'm on the south yeah. end. Yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, you're right there, right there in the middle of the state. Yeah, actually, I live in I live in Guilford, which is 
actually now the hometown of Mike Richter. So, oh. well, congratulations! Is it really to have a north and a south? <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry, I'm are. in Minnesota. I'm in Minnesota, where we have a true north, a few true south. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, the only difference dig. between see, we act we actually have a body of water. Uh, yeah, so, that makes that, that makes it serious. That makes up the south part, and the north part does not connect to a body of water. So, oh, okay, that's how we differentiate. So, Chris, I know you wanted to kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, Carolina, first of all, Carolina had has recently been sold. And their owner is trying to get people to come see them play to the point where they're kind of doing like the Islanders last year, Mark, where they're offering really inexpensive tickets to sit in the lower bowl and also uh-huh. for their suites. So one of the, the things that they're talking about doing is bringing back the old Whalers jersey and playing a game in those. Okay. Yeah. Well, those old Whalers jerseys were were awful. I mean, the green with the with the oh gosh, those were awful uniforms. They weren't as bad as like the Vancouver Canucks early early '80s uniforms, but they they were they were pretty bad. Right. I love the Whalers. I love the Whalers uniform. You love those green things? Oh god, they were so I, awesome. I, I'll say this: the the white one is not the 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 old school green one. The old school green ones, you're right, are really ugly, but oh. they got better as the, as the years went on. Yeah. But the white ones, all I, the white ones, I, all I can see is Zarly Zalapsky you know, is dating around in a in an ugly green jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe the North Stars. I believe the North Stars did that. So, the North Stars had <laughs> ugly green jerseys. Well, they weren't ugly green jerseys. They were the first green jersey. Yeah. The North Stars weren't. They, I I like the yellow with the green. Uh, there's just something about that. Anyway. Yeah. Carolina, Carolina cannot cannot skate around in the Hartford Whalers jerseys. The Hartford the the whole Why? point of Whale. But it, it it's it's. It's a Connecticut thing. That that's the whole point. Because yeah. Connecticut okay. was built on whaling. That's right. why they were but, named but they, the whale. Right. It has but, nothing but, but to do you, with Carolina. Yeah, but but you you've lived in Connecticut a long time, okay? But there there's nothing in Connecticut. There, I mean, there, everybody in Connecticut oh. roots for a team that plays in another state. So. You know they they really have have nothing to to at least sports wise to say oh this, this is this is ours or this is what we stand for or you know uh, nothing really that Connecticut itself represents. I mean you know you've lived in Connecticut a long time. I've lived you know I lived in Connecticut. I I, I hate driving through Connecticut. That's like one of the worst things you know <laughs> that, that you can go through. You know it's, you're always going somewhere else when you're going through Connecticut. You know, unless you're stopping at ESPN or, or going, you know, seeing something, going to Rhode Island, you're always using it to go and get somewhere else. And I, I, I think that you know, why, why not? At least if if you you can say, oh wait, there was one time a team that played in Connecticut, one of the only, you know, no other team in any other sport has played in Connecticut, but there was in the NHL. 
you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. I would not want to see that. Well, Chris, before you go on too far, at least they leave the franchise at the door. When the North Stars left and became the Stars and kept the kept the green color, um, went to the Dallas's. Um, that was, you know, they still wear the same thing, and that's still a, it's, that's still a kick in the gut. When you mm-hmm. look at the when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, they're still purple and gold, just like they were in Minneapolis when they picked up and left. You know, you look at a lot of these franchises, you know, the the Dodgers, the Giants, a lot of these teams that left that took the franchise with them, at least they dropped the franchise at the door when they moved. They didn't become the Carolina Whalers. Well, that's that's exactly my point. And that's why I say, like, if Carolina is going to do this and they're going to wear the Whalers jersey just so that they can, you know, try and sell tickets, that's so – it's so wrong to somebody who grew up a Whalers fan and it doesn't make me say, Hey, I really want to buy a Carolina Whalers, you know, a Carolina, a Carolina players Jersey with, with a, you know, I don't even know anybody on Carolina. Cause I don't, as Kim knows, I, every time I pick them in the pool, I put the Whalers in for their name. I don't even pick the, I don't even acknowledge that they've changed their name. But I would not want to see a, a, a this year's player with with a Whalers jersey. It, it it just it would it would really rub it would really rub me the wrong way, and I think it would backfire on them. You know, I said this in the post. I said it's good. It's a good sales thing. It's it's good for sales. Like I, I would I would love to buy Whalers. You can't find Whalers jerseys anymore, so I would love to be able to get a Whalers jersey but I would not want to see the team skating in them because they're not the whalers and they're not, they have no connection to what the whalers. Wasn't the wild, wasn't the wild in the Blackhawks played the um, outdoor game here at, uh, I think it was target field. No, maybe it was TCF. Anyway, when they played outdoors here, um, the alumni game, which is where, where all the old um, Minnesota players and all the old um, Blackhawks players, played um they wore the north star uniform and there was a lot of old north stars but there were some current wild players but that's still in the state of minnesota though so that's a little different than um connecticut to carolina but uh you would not believe the amount of north star jerseys that jumped out of the off the shelves in those couple three weeks leading up to that and after that so um Maybe if and they were they weren't the ones for the current players. There was no Zach Parisi in 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 a North Stars jersey. It was all like Dino Cicerelli, and you would not believe the amount of those jerseys that were sold in a very short period of time. Yeah, I mean if 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 they start selling Sean Burke jerseys or Pat Verbeek jerseys or you know a Gordy Howe jersey, then I could say all right, you know that's okay because. They are who the Whalers were, but if it's like I said, if it's these, if it's if it's going to be a, a current player, that's just that's a terrible idea. I, and I, I I would be I would be offended to see it, and it would uh, it, it, I say it would make me hate K- 
Carolina more, but that's not really possible. So. Uh-huh. Well, Chris, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate uh, it. Oh, anytime, anytime, guys. And uh, I just want to apologize again for last week. I had to work, so couldn't do the show. No, no, no worries at all. I was out with concussion protocol, so it was no worries at all. We just took a week off. But we thank you again for everything. <laughs> no problem. All yeah, right, one of have these a days good I'm going to do this on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody could listen to Jimmy talk for an hour, two hours. <laughs> All right, thank you, Chris. All right, thank you, guys. Have a good night and have a good week. We'll talk next week. Take care. Bye. Yeah, Mark, I think you kind of missed it. Last week I was out with a concussion, so I was unable to do the show. Uh, Not what I did. Um, Yeah, my I have a seventy-five pound puppy. my story, Mark, is that she went riding too hard in the boards and hit her head on the glass. That's the better story for the concussion. I, I thought she banged her head on a wall after a peg was lost. Well, no, no, no. No, um, I collided with my 75-pound puppy, and uh, oh, wow. he 100% full force to the temple. And, um, yeah, I've been out for a good week with a concussion. Wow, what, what, what kind of dog do you have? Um, I have a a shepherd pit mix, and he's he's wow. only um twenty months old, but he weighs seventy five pounds. And the story behind it is he has very bad allergies, and I have to put this um medicine on his feet, and he doesn't like his feet to be touched. My head happened to be bent down when he went to jump over me, but I got the full force of his back leg in my temple. So that's how I ended up with a concussion. It was nothing glamorous like sliding into the boards or going ice skating with my husband and getting tossed headfirst in the penalty box, you know, because I was wearing a Penguins jersey in cap territory. (laughs) (laughs) It's nothing glamorous, um, unfortunately, but... (laughs) So yeah, um, and that was my my week last week. And I told everybody at the beginning of the show when hockey players say that they can come back from a concussion in one to two days, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I, I I I had a question for you guys that I always wanted to ask you. Um, and Jimmy, I, I know uh, you're you know you you a bit of a hockey historian. Uh, and Kim, I know I know you know you know Penguins hockey, but um, going back in in the playoffs, okay, what was in in your opinion the best series you ever saw? Uh, <laughs> wow! Well, that's a good recent question. Rec- recent memory would be the Ottawa Senators um, <laughs> Penguins game seven. Um, <laughs> Overtime, I mean, you don't get very many of those. You know, I mean, just how right. close that was. Um, Double overtime at that. Um, also, in that same series, in the um, I hate Chicago. Um, I don't hate Chicago. I dislike Chicago. Um, the fact that Nashville beat them more to nothing. I like that. That was a good one for me. <laughs> that's in re- that's recent history, though. Right. 
I would have it, to say it, for me, Minnesota I'm going to go back. Blackhawks in six games in, ni- in 91? Hmm? Is it Minnesota beating the Blackhawks in six games in 1991? Yeah, and then going on, that was the year that the North Stars went on to beat or to lose to Pittsburgh. The Penguins, yeah. Yes. And that that run was just amazing. Um, I was Unfortunately, I was living out in Los Angeles at the time, and the, the, believe it or not, that's really not a hockey town. Um, uh, but I, I caught as much of it as I could, and 91 so wasn't exactly the best time for catching, yeah. you know, NHL games. But um, that whole aspect of that, beating beating Chicago to get to go to the Cup was huge. And then the fact that Pittsburgh and Minnesota played, and they were right. the first two teams from that second six to play right. um, in, in the Stanley Cup. And I thought that was right. just the best. That aspect, that history of that is cool. Right, and there's never been two more two expansion teams from the same year that have ever done it. The only two that really have a chance, I think, are Columbus and and the Wild, and I don't know if that'll ever. But did 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 didn't the Sabers and and Flyers when they did it in '75 weren't they the first all expansion um, Stanley Cup? But they weren't they weren't in the same year though. They weren't in the same year, so so the Flyers I know came in the inaugural year. The Sabers came in the next year. Uh, when they came in with the second six, which was what Oakland, Los Angeles, um, Minnesota, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Philly, um, when the, the second six came in, they had twelve. Then they had the whole thing all messed up, where it was the the new kids against the the old kids, um, and then um, and then they expanded again. I, I remember because I think that was seventy two. They expanded again. Yeah, then the Islanders and the Flames came in. Yeah. And then the Sabres came in even later than that, but um, so but I mean I was talking about two teams that came in actually in the same year, I got same you. expansion year. And, yeah, because uh, both came in in '67. Yep. See, to, to to me, one, one series I'll never forget. And I was young, yep, really young, watching this was uh, when the the Kings beat the Oilers in in I believe it was '82 in the first round. And they had the remember the the miracle at Manchester where they were down what I think five goals in the in the third period and they came back to win, um, and that that Kings team had like like forty eight less points than the Oilers that because that was Gretzky and Curry and Coffee right before they started because in the next the four out of the next five years they made the Cup Finals uh, the Oilers uh, and that was the the first year they were really good they had like a hundred and something points. Uh, and the Kings beat them in the first round, and the games were like ten to eight, you know, and it, it was it was awesome. Uh, but that to me was like one of the biggest upsets, but also one of the greatest series. Um, and if you, I don't know if you remember this, because you probably don't. But that year, the Islanders and the and the and the Oilers finished with the the, the most points in hockey, one two, okay, and the Oilers lost. And then in the first round against the Penguins, the Islanders almost lost. The Penguins took them to overtime in game five. The Islanders had a three. They were down three to one with about five minutes left. Uh, and then they come back to tie the game and then win it in overtime. So you almost had the two teams finish with the most points in hockey lose in a five-round series in the first round. Um, I, I, I'll never forget that. that. That whole playoff year was, was, 
was amazing. But yeah, definitely that that King series where they beat the Oilers. That to me was one of the best series I ever saw. Right now, for me, and this is going to sound funny because this was actually, and this was kind of when I first started watching hockey. I think it was 87 or 88. I'm not 100% sure what year it was. But I remember the semifinals round between the Islanders and the And I remember yeah, watching. Yeah, that went to, I believe that went to four overtimes in game four seven overtimes. for the Islanders. Yeah, for the yeah. Islanders to win three game. to two. And yeah. I was so mad because my parents made me go to bed and I missed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean, like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. Right. That was one of my first playoff series that I've ever seen in hockey. And it yeah, was only televised Cap- here because it was the Capitals. Right. And at the Capitals yeah, you live in 3-1 series in that, in that a right. 3-1 lead in that series. Yeah, because I, I think the Caps, yeah, they, uh, I think the Caps won game one. In game three, they shut out the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And then... Game four, the Caps won, but then the Islanders yep. won the next three games, if I'm not yep. mistaken. But I, yep. I do remember waking up the next morning and flipping on ESPN and, like, okay, or the news channel or something, and I was like, who won this game? And it ended up going to four overtimes. Yep. Yeah. yeah I remember, do you remember who the Islanders goaltender was that game? I don't. Oh. And – this is uh you remember Jimmy? No, I don't remember the remember, was remember it, Kelly Rudy? Oh, that's it. Okay. He made seventy two saves that day. Wow. <laughs> well four overtimes is gonna do that though. Yeah. That's crazy. And you know what? They didn't go three on three or a shootout either. They just let him play. Yep. So, they just let know. him play. Imagine that. One of one of my favorite series and one of my favorite runs um, was the Calgary Flames run when Which back one? in the old format, in back in the back in the old format when they were the eight seed and barely made the eight seed and yeah, then went to the Stanley Cup. Was that the, the last cup before the the strike? I believe so. Did they, did they play Tampa Bay? I remember who they lost to. I remember Corey Millen played on that team, and he went to Colquay High School. My no, mother no, no, knew his no. mother. What was it? <laughs> Tampa Bay played the Oilers. Because I, I, I think back-to-back years, didn't you have the Oilers and, and, and Calgary, like, as eight seeds making the finals? Yeah, but Edmonton didn't really count as an eight seed because they won so many titles before that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, but that that was you know twenty years later. I mean, this was uh, you know two thousand four. Well, Edmonton, Calgary was the first eight seed to ever make the make the make the cup. Were they? Yeah, I think it yeah. Maybe it was the year after that Edmonton did that. Then. They might have. They might. Right now, one of our listeners that's listening said that their favorite playoff series was the nineteen ninety four Rangers versus Devils. When oh, Messier yeah. predicted game too. six with a hat trick. Yeah, Messier, <laughs> yeah. And that yeah, and that, that game game seven was, was uh was great too. I mean, uh I forget who it was that scored uh Zella Pukin, maybe Zella, Valerie Zella Pukin scored with like like eight seconds left and the Ranger fans were ready to slip their wrists. 
because um, <laughs> they were so close to getting to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, right. You know, because back then it, it was, you know, 1940, they used to chant, um, you know, all the time. Poor poor Ranger fans were tormented, especially by, by Islander fans, because, you know, here the Islanders, they started in 1972, and they had already won more Stanley Cups in their history than the Rangers had. Um, but still, that was only the only cup the Rangers have won since 1940. You know, so they've really been they've really been tormented, uh, Ranger fans. Yeah, so you, I remember you, you the Rangers you bring winning. Up Ed, you bring up Edmonton, though. Let me poke in here. Um, you yeah. bring up Edmonton. Edmonton, um, 2006. Ed, Edmonton had had their cup runs with, runs with uh, Messier and Gretzky, and Gretzky left, and then Messier won another cup with Edmonton. Yeah, and, you know, yep. Gretzky left to save, you know, to go to L.A. to win a cup for L.A. And, and then after after he won, which he didn't do, um, right. And then Messier stayed in Edmonton, won another cup, and then mm-hmm. went to New York yep. to win a cup for New York, and won another cup. Yeah. So I know Gretzky scored a lot of goals, but. Messier, you know it, it was it was funny because uh, earlier this week I wrote an article for ESNY saying that Tom Brady, in my opinion, could be the greatest player to play any sport ever. Okay, um, and the guys I compared him to because it's really you can't really compare him to anybody in baseball because there's such a difference in hitting and pitching in baseball. It's, you can't really you know make a, a say who is the greatest. But to me, in basketball and hockey, you can say, you know, Jordan and Gretzky were the two greatest to play, okay? So in comparing Brady to Jordan and Gretzky, okay, Gretzky from ages uh, 19 to 30 to 33, Gretzky averaged uh, 54 goals a a season and 160 points a season, okay? And then from 34 to 39, he only averaged 18 goals a year and 80 points a season. I mean, still good, but not, you know, I mean, Gretzky, there's only one guy that scored over 200 points in the season and Gretzky did it four times. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> Gretzky broke, you know, nobody is, you know, I think uh, the next closest guy to Gretzky in points is Jager and he's like 930 points behind him. So, you know, there, there's no better hockey player in my opinion than Gretzky, but even Gretzky, from 34 to 39, slowed down. You know, when he, once he went to the Blues and then the Rangers, Gretzky was a, was a different player. He wasn't the same dominant player. And like you said, Jimmy, he won his last Stanley Cup at 27, okay? Um, and then, you know, Jordan won his last NHL, uh, his last NBA title at 34. Brady at 39 won one, and he can win one at 40 again. So, um, to me, Brady, his argue, the argument for Brady is he, he has continually – stayed very, very good even into his 40s. And okay. Gretzky and Jordan kind of showed mortality as they got older. What do you think of that? I'm going to take well, I'm going to take this a different level as long as you're going all sports. Okay. Um, what was the number one rule that Brady changed in the NFL? What? As far as the hitting tuck, the quarterback? The tuck rule. Well, it, but that wasn't it. That wasn't he didn't change that. That rule was already there. Nobody just knew about it. Right. Okay. Now let's go to George Mikan in the old Minneapolis Lakers. Right. Um, he he was so dominant of the lane 
because right. so that he couldn't sit under the basket and catch the ball. To me, right. that's that's changing your sport is different yeah. than I, so you know. And plus, Will, they they won a lot of titles in Minneapolis too. So I remember Will Chamberlain saying that too. I remember Will Chamberlain because somebody said to Chamberlain, "Do you think Jordan's the greatest?" And Chamberlain said, "Everything they've done in the NBA is to like kind of accentuate Jordan getting better." And when Chamberlain played, he said they put in a lot of rules to prevent him from dominating the game. So yeah, yep. I, I, I can definitely see that. You know, that 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 that, that is a good point. Um, but I, I I think I've never seen anything like Brady's accomplished. I've never seen an athlete, you know, from age you know win his first Stanley Cup at tw- uh, excuse me first uh, Super Bowl at twenty four, and at forty he's still winning them. You know, no, no, I get that, and, and I know, I know you live out in the East Coast, and, and and you don't understand the rest, rest of us that don't like the fact that how many cheating violations they've had on that franchise. But um, I yeah, would but go I, with Bo- a, I, I would I go with Boston and Bill Russell in eleven NBA championships. I would put him up there ahead of Brady. And that's maybe as far as championships, I, you know, I definitely. But as far as as you know. Russell wasn't a scorer. He was kind of he was a perfect complement to do exactly what he did. He didn't need to score on the Celtics, um, you yeah. know. So it, I think Brady's a kind of like and and again, Jimmy, I, I I am the first thing from a Tom Brady fan. I I'm a Jets fan. Okay, I've never rooted for Tom Brady a day in my life. But <laughs> I but you have to you have to acknowledge greatness. And, and, oh yeah, and you I, know what? I, yeah. I, I, I think the combination him. of individuals, individual statistics, and team and winning. I mean, the fact that he's going to his eighth Super Bowl. I mean, you know, you, you know, Brady's won more playoff games himself. Himself, Brady's won more more playoff games than only four franchises. Only the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Niners have won more playoff games as a franchise than Brady's won himself. I mean, right. that's amazing. And- just to kind of butt in here a minute, guys, we have about a minute and a half of live airtime left over. Anything you miss can be picked up on any of the podcasts mentioned at the beginning of the show, Google Play, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio backslash KJC Radio. And you can pick up the rest of the show on the podcast. So you just wanted to get that in. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Well, let's well, get off the phone. Let's finish this up on hockey. Um, yeah. Who, who wins the cup this year and why? You want to go to first, Kim? Vegas. I'm going with Vegas. It's going to be Vegas versus Tampa Bay in the finals. <laughs> That's my bold I'm, prediction. I'm 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 going to go with um, I'm going to go with the Bruins. I, I think they're they're proving themselves to be really. Uh, nobody thought they were going to be as good, and they've kind of uh, proven themselves to be. Not not just the sleeper, but they're really starting to dominate. I I think they're going to sneak up and wind up winning the the Stanley Cup. Who? Who? The Bruins. Boston. Bruins. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's. I think that's the um, Eastern Conference Finals probably will end up being if they don't have to meet in the playoffs. Um, before then, will be Tampa Bay and Boston. Um, but I think whoever wins that probably going to win the cup. Um, there's a lot of a lot of cute teams out in the West, um, but I don't see any of them really stepping up to the level. Especially if, 
if if Tampa Bay can keep playing the way that they let, you know, if they can stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. If they can stay healthy, there's not really a better team right now playing in, in the league. Because they're winning, right. they're no. winning at home and on the road. Yeah, and they got great goaltending and great scoring. Yeah, and 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 good defense. So you know, I, I don't know what you'll, what else you need. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe good. Maybe well, good I, cheerleader. Better uniform. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, always oh, a pleasure gosh. to come anytime. on and talk hockey. Anytime, um, like I said, anytime you're free. And you want to call in, you have an open door policy to call in and talk hockey with us. Yeah, it's always, I, I always love talking hockey with real hockey fans. Um, and, you know, it's definitely, you know, once we, we're getting a little close to the playoff time, it, it's really going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the Eastern Conference. I, I'm really, you know, I, I, I pray the Islanders can make it so that way I can at least see them in the playoffs because it's very rare in my adult life that I've gotten to see the Islanders in the playoffs. So that would be a joy for me. I don't care who they would play. I, I really don't. I think, you know, it's wide open uh, once you get into the playoffs now because there's so many teams that that, that are equal. Um, and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun to see Winnipeg back in the playoffs. I think again, for that city, that's really going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Those are such good fans. They're so fun. So they're so much fun. And it's great when they come down to, to St. Paul and, you know, it. They're they're respectful, they're fun, and they just enjoy hockey. Yes, yeah. yes, they do. Yep. Well, again, so, Mark, we uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And um, like I said, you have a complete open door policy. Anytime you'd like to come on the show, just give me a holler or even call in any week that you want to. We're always here. So. Great. Thanks, guys. I always love talking to you, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay? God bless, guys. Thanks, Mark. Have a great night. All right, Jimmy. Well, that ends our show for tonight. Um, Thank everybody that's hanging on the line that listened for the remainder of the show. We appreciate you. Again, don't forget to go check out Mark Kelly's um, website, ckmagicsports.com. It is also linked on our Facebook page. If you missed that, and um, definitely go visit his Knockout Cancer page. So we thank everybody for listening, and we hope to see you guys back here next week. Jimmy, any final thoughts? Stay safe this week, Jimmy. I will. I will. I will, definitely. I'm going to show you how to run this board, so if something else happens, then you can uh, come on and do the show by yourself. (laughs) That'd be scary for the rest of the world, but okay. Okay. All right. We'll, I will we'll do, stay safe. We'll, we'll do that when your brain's not not spinning. How 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 that works? Exactly. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thanks everybody, and have a great night.